Spend some time with the dead. On demand almost. We'd be like, hey, can you like touch the duck and make it go off? And it would just start lighting up and going crazy. Why should we be afraid of Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump the Night. I'm your host, Riley Clark, and alongside me as always is... Trevor Jensen. And as you can see, What Goes Bump on a boat is happening right now. Woo-hoo! We're kind of live. Sorry, our internet sucks. Yeah, we tried to do this River live internet. on YouTube's like, actual live live. Didn't work, so this is a pre-recorded episode, just so you know. But we wanted it to be live so you guys could interact with us. So it'll seem live, but it's not actually live. It is live, though, it if you live. imagine it to be live. <laughs> You want it to be live, so just imagine. But well, oh, I did want to mention this. Yes, you if did. You didn't know this is our 161st episode. This is really. Yeah. Jesus, God, 161 so, of these. What I'm bringing that to is we are only 39 episodes away from the Bumpy Awards. Dun 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 dun. You might have heard us talk about these before. They're very special. To Super us duper special. Can't wait to actually give them out to many of the guests that have been on the podcast. So be on the lookout for the polls and things like that because when they pop up, they're serious. Yeah, you don't want to miss those. You don't want to miss those chilies. And just like the chilies that I'm speaking of, we've got some bone chilling stories to read to you on said river. Yes, we do. One of them is actually a story I wrote based on this river. Of the very so. We've read it on the podcast before, but it seemed fitting to actually read the story in the actual setting of it. So, very much so. So, I'm going to lead us off then. Does that sound good? good. And then we'll leave your story yeah. for the end of the nightcapper. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, we got we got some story time. So, my story comes from the No Sleep Reddit forum, the greasy, grimy, underdark that is Reddit, but. <laughs> This was posted by user Verstal. Verstal? Verstal? Verstal. Okay. The title is A Certain Fire. Let me in. I'm going to take a sip, actually. I'm going to get that pellet wet. Cheers. I don't know where my drink is. Okay, I think I hit the vape once, too. Okay. How are we going to do another cheers? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. All right. Everybody settle in. You know, let them dogs out. Let them dogs out. Get comfy. The room where they kept the dead boy smelled of flowers. It was a large, well-appointed room, stuffed with plush furniture and knickknacks, and looking in almost every detail like what I'd now imagine an old-fashioned parlor to look like. Clustered. At different points around the room were various explosions of color. Flowers of red and white, purple and orange. They looked like fireworks in the backdrop of what had sounded to the 10-year-old version of me like a pretty macrabe? Macrabe? Macrabe. Macrabe? I don't even know what that word is. Macar. Macar. (laughs) Macar display? It's I don't it's not macabre. That's not how you spell macabre. So we're just gonna go with that. I'd heard them talking about 
taking me to see the dead boy. After all, when you're sick, really deathly sick, there comes a point where people stop seeing you as much. It doesn't mean they don't take care of you or still love you, that they wouldn't give you just about anything to make you well, but that's just it, because they don't want to lose you, and because they're tired of worrying and feeling scared. They want to fix you, and it doesn't take too long before you become less of a person and more of a problem to be solved. So when we'd finished with all the doctors and moved on to the medicine men, and faith healers to heal my defective heart. I'd grown used to being the ghost in the page flip room. Very abrupt room. <laughs> A year earlier, my mother would never have said dead boy in front of me at all. But riding with me and my aunt over there that day, she'd said without flinching because in part of her mind at least, I wasn't really there anymore. What the fuck? <laughs> so I'm like, try I haven't read this before, so I'm like trying to follow along, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So I went into that room, terrified. I probably would have fought them if I hadn't already crossed that precipice where I now understood I was close to dying. That knowledge had infected me with a kind of desperation, and even as pale and frightened child of ten... I found I was willing to meet the dead, if it might keep me among the living. But the boy wasn't actually dead, or at least he didn't look to be. His dark eyes followed me when I entered the room. I'd wanted my mother or aunt to come with me, but that apparently wasn't allowed. So I'd shuffle into the ancient parlor and sat down across from the small boy that was watching me silently. It didn't take long before I had to break the awkward silence. Hey there? The boy nodded slightly. Hello. <laughs> Super monotone, same voice as mine. That's how we're doing the boy. Got it? Yeah. Now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that out there so people were like, what the fuck is happening? I felt my stomach twisting, but I tried to force a smile. Um, I heard my mom call you a dead boy, but you look okay. Why do they call you that? He looked to be a couple of years younger than me, and yet I found myself intimidated by him, worried that he wouldn't answer or that he'd get mad or hurt somehow, or hurt me somehow. I missed a word. Aggressive page flip. I gotta lick my fingers. That's some ASMR Teachers taught for you. him that. Te teachers did not tell me to do that. Teachers told me specifically don't do that. <laughs> Instead, he just shrugged. Last year, my papa took me off. They saw, he went crazy. He took me down into a cave up north, threw me down a water hole down deep in that black. I stared at him, transfixed. His voice was soft and rough, but he'd sound kind of like a little boy, except he didn't. The tone of the words were wrong, and as strange as this may sound, it didn't feel like I was sitting across from a little, a boy a little younger than me. It felt like, then he killed himself. Right at the spot he cast me down. Mama and people had been after us from the start. Had dogs in the cave hunting for us. Oh, damn. So close they heard the gun go off when they shot him when he shot himself. God damn. They figured out they figured out to check the water. 
and three men dove in to try to find me. He don't speak good English. <laughs> Does it say that? I'm or sorry, you yeah, say no, that? I said that because it's like okay, the like, way it what? read is really broken. And it's like, no, that's how it reads. He shook his head slightly. One of them drowned. The other two got me up, but I wasn't breathing or nothing. <laughs> I went straight southern. Fuck. <laughs> I had to do the CPA. <laughs> CPA on me? Okay. Said I died for a couple of minutes at least. Swallowing, I realized he wasn't staring at me, waiting for some reaction or response. That, I'm, I'm sorry that happened, I guess, but they got you back. His black eyes rolled toward the corner of the room behind me. They, they got me. And now I can see more things, understand more things. His gaze swung back to me and give people another chance to live. My pulse began to quicken with a mixture of fear and hope. Can, can you really? No bullshit? Aggressive page flip. A flicker smile crossed his face. No bullshit. You want that? You want the things I can give you? I was already nodding. If you can save me, yes. The next moment, he was kneeling in front of me, his hand on my breastbone, and a bitter, painful cold radiating from his small palm into my chest and filling my entire body with a numbing frost. He stared into my eyes as he made a small circle with his hand, his gaze or movements never faltering. It felt like I was staring down into the deep, subterranean pools falling into their darkness and being overtaken by their invading sea. There. I blinked and the boy was back over on his sofa looking at me as mildly as I gasped, like a drowning victim reaching sweet air. What? What? What did you do? He shrugged again. I pictured you without a dying heart. So now you're okay. Just then his expression hardened. But that's only the half of it. I also have to tell you what I saw. I was so happy and confused and dizzyingly excited that I barely heard the last, but the next words he spoke caught my attention well enough. I was, I saw a certain fire. There was a big metal barrel with green trees painted on it and it, a giant orange flame is burning. You have a lot of living to do before that, but... Aggressive patron. I could see that barrel burning, and I knew that you were in it. I knew that I had found you, and chopped you up small, and put you in that fire to burn. His voice remained even throughout all of this, and his expression barely changed either. His eyes seemed to sparkle a bit when he, was, when he talked about what he would do to me. In, the mo in most situations, 10-year-old me would have made a joke or laughed at something I didn't understand because I was nervous. But something in the core of me knew that this wasn't someone being weird or funny. I was staring into the face of something that I didn't understand. But that part of me still knew to fear. When I stood up, a distant part of me realized I had started wetting myself. But there was no room for embarrassment, only fear, and the drive to get out of this terrible, 
sickly sweet room with this wrong thing that looked like a little boy coiled at center. I ran to the door and began screaming and crying while yanking on the knob. I don't yanking the knob. Yanking the knob. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. I don't think it was even locked, but I couldn't get it open until my aunt opened it from the other side and swept me into her arms. To their credit, when I told my family I wanted to go, they didn't hesitate. It wasn't until later when I was home and bathed and safe in my bed, my mother asked me what happened in that room. I looked at her tears in my eyes and said just three words before falling silent again. He healed me. Aggressive page flip. That was 26 years ago. Since then, I've always had the afternoon lurking in the back of my mind, coloring my thoughts and putting a small thumb on the scales of every decision. If I asked 18-year-old me if he wanted or if he went to college out of state because of it, he'd have said no. 23-year-old me would have laughed at the idea that he took a job across the country because of some prophecy he'd received earlier from a creepy little boy. And when 32-year-old me was going through a divorce and moving even further away from my old hometown, he would have said he didn't even remember being that sick when he was little. But none of them would have met my eyes when they said it. Because the deepest part of me has always known that I've always been running, always telling myself that I make my own path and choose my own fate while looking behind me for- Whoop! There's a big old gusty of windy. That's not quite right. Not a train. A fire. A certain fire that will appear one night, burning in the dark like a beacon, guiding me back to the thing that I've been trying to escape since the afternoon when I was scared. I don't know, I was so scared I pissed my pants. <laughs> it wasn't until I was crying or carrying Haley back to the car yesterday that I realized how close it was. Our girl was the one that saw it. She was laughing and talking about it. Aggressive page flip. We're almost to the end, guys. Just bear with me. How my neighborhood was so fancy, we were decorating for Christmas way early. I looked where she was pointing and I saw it too. A new burn barrel in the middle of the grassy courtyard between all of the buildings in the apartment complex. A 30 gallon metal drum with alternating horizontal bands of white and red and in the middle of the white, smaller specks of green. And a tiny row of stenciled on Christmas trees. My hands were shaking as I drove to the airport. She knew something was wrong, but I just told her that it was un my ulcer acting up and I'd be okay. She offered to stay another couple of days, but I told her I'd be fine and that you'd be missing her. When she called me later after you picked her up and brought her home, I let her go to voicemail. I didn't want to. I didn't want to tell her want her to hear me like that like this I'm recording this now because I want you to know what happened how much you tell her well you were always a better judge of stuff than I was anyway I'm so confused on what this is getting on at I wonder how he'll do it I think I'm done with the idea of running and as strange as it seems I don't know if I'll even fight when it time when the time comes through maybe instinct will kick in but I'm more focused on how he'll do it does he have a knife or a gun a hammer 
Will he literally dismember my hatchet? <laughs> my body. Chainsaw. Chainsaw. And burn me in the barrel? Massacre. Barrel burning. What if someone sees? What if he gets caught? I don't think of of I don't think any of that matters. I think he does what he sees. Maybe he's trapped just like I am. Maybe he's been trapped since they pulled him from the dark water in his father's suicide cave. That's not a funny thing to make fun of, but I was giggling because of what you did. <laughs> Looking down at him, I find none of that really matters. I'm 10 years old again, standing at the edge of some unknowable darkness, feeling the cool air as it yawns wide and gets ready to swallow me whole. It's time for me to go. I've always loved you. I love our baby girl, and I'm... So sorry that I never told you about any of this. B. I can feel him staring at me. Oh God, I can feel him from here. I'm climbing the railing, but it's not me. It's not me doing it. I don't want to die. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not gonna... Thud. Thud. Damn. Finn. It ended abrupt. That's a splat if I ever heard There's of it. There's a lot of nonsense, I feel like, in that story. The, the ending? Some, some of the sentences were definitely not correct the way that they typed it out. But I definitely like the story. This is a decent story. Decent story, i The best say. one that we've ever read on the pod. Splat! But the it was ending's a good one. fucked. The ending was fucked. Probably the like, whoa. Didn't see that coming at all. Splat! Didn't see that ending. All right. Now for our next story. I wrote this, what, three years ago? Yeah, I think so. It's called The Mystic Woods of West Michigan. And this is how it goes. This story is one I cannot forget. It's been years since it happened, but today, I just can't get the vivid memories out of my head. It haunts me. Torments me. Almost daily. I've decided it's time to share my story of the time in the mystic woods of West Michigan. Bum, bum, bum. My name's Riley, and the story takes place with my good friend, Trevor. Woo -woo. We take a summer trip to this one area of the woods just off the Grand River and camp along the banks for a weekend of fishing, grilling out, and kicking the shit till the wee hours of the night. After years of doing this, almost every year, things would get downright creepy at 3 a.m., we had heard the legends of the mist and the phantoms that danced in the night, but we always said it was just an urban legend and nothing more. But every year, almost like clockwork, a great day would turn into a, oh no, not again, <gasps> event. But this last time, we came prepared to prove it was not, sorry, to prove it was just a legend. We had been letting our imagination get the best of us. This time, we came with every paranormal capturing device money could buy. We were not going to let whatever it was get the best of us this year. Boy, were we geared up. We had night vision cameras, EVP devices, thermal vision, EMF detectors, REM pods, and if it's been in a ghost hunting show, we had it packed up and ready to capture whatever lurks in these woods at 3 a.m. Get it. The first night of the weekend goes by without any alarm. Most of the day, it was spent fishing and catching what ended up being our dinner. For night two, a really nice walleye. We fry them up and enjoy a great meal accompanied by music and a raging campfire. 
as the chills in the air flicker the light of the fire. We catch what looks like a man standing on the tree line. Being miles from anyone, we instantly get worried he might be lost. Trevor yells out to him. Right here, sorry. Hey man, you want a beer and warmth? We got a nice fire and an empty seat. The man says nothing. Worried, we both look at each other. Huh? Huh? And as soon as we look back to say hello, the man is gone. At this time, Trevor stands up and says, All right, dude. All right, dude. I'm grabbing the night vision camera and investigating. Hesitant, but in agreement, I also grab the EMF and thermal, and we head out to the area we last saw the man. But when we get to where he was standing in the muddy swamp woods edge, there are no footprints. I say to Trevor, Dude, there is no sign of anyone being here on the thermal. Do you see anything out in the woods? He replied. Um, no, but there's a mist coming in. Again, like last year, and it's thick, and it's moving this way. The mist has almost always freaked us out, and typically, it's when we would call it a night. But tonight was different. We saw a man, or a figure. I don't know. What to call it? A ghost? I say to Trevor, as the thick and menacing min mists approaches... <laughs> say that five times fast. Menacing mist. Uh, through the dark, swampy woods. Should we call it a night? Maybe we're just getting tired, and our eyes Fuck are playing no. tricks on us. Ghosts are not real, man. We're just overreacting. He replies... Yeah, maybe you're right. It's late. But that man was real. Real as you and me, Riley. Do you think he was trying to tell us something? But right then, I had to shh Trevor because my EMF started to spike. It was hitting the red marker, which meant extremely high levels of electric magnetic energy was present. But we are in the middle of a swampy woods next to a river, miles from even a power line. It didn't make any sense. Then from a distance, we are chattering. And there's literally people talking right over. There actually is people on the fucking banks yelling. He couldn't make it out of the woods, but it sounded like hundreds of people all murmuring the same words. Get out now. Get out now. Sleeping and camping on this riverbank on the edge of the swampy woods, we had never heard anything like this before. It was approaching faster and faster and almost simultaneously with the mist that now was wrapping itself around us and the camp. Then we see the man again. He's next to our tent. But just out of the light of the campfire, just leaving a silhouette of himself, Trevor turns as I tap his shoulder to see what I see, and Trevor turns around, and the man vanishes out of thin air. What? What, dude? What? Did you see him, Trevor? Did you see him? He was right next to the tent. Trevor says. No, who? Who was next to the tent? I replied, the man. The man. He was right there. You didn't see him? Freaking out and almost in a panic, I start to lose my mind. Now, when I say I was truly losing my mind, I was losing my mind. <laughs> the voices are all around us then. To add to the horror, the woods are now filled with hundreds of silhouettes of people almost everywhere you look. There's a person. On our heels, we start backing up the river, feeling pushed to leave the area, and completely unsettling, welcoming presence is felt. Then, I really lost my mind. No flashlight or paranormal devices. 
I charged the wood, screaming anything that came to my mind. Come on, you can't scare us. We know it's a trick. It's not going to work. We're not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Squatter's rights. <laughs> <laughs> then I look back and the camp is gone. I yell for Trevor. Trev, where are you? Where did you go? I can't find the camp. Dude, help. But minutes pass and I don't hear back from him. I'm freaking out as the figures from the woods start creeping closer and closer, almost glitching from tree to tree. What the fuck? Though in the moonlight shining through the swamp and mist, it's close to 4 or 5 a.m. at this time. And a sliver of sun can be seen coming into the horizon. After aimlessly walking through the woods what had felt like 15 to 20 minutes, I find Trevor. Dude, oh my god, what happened last night? He doesn't say anything. He's standing next to this huge oak tree. Now when I say huge, I mean huge. Had to be the biggest tree I've ever seen in my life. But this tree was not normal. It had ropes hanging from every bank, every branch, and they all had nooses on them. Then I saw what he was looking at. It was a man's skeleton hanging from the tree, and in his hand was a letter. Completely startled, we look at each other, and through eye contact, we agree we have to grab the letter. In the letter, it is this described. Dear whoever is finding these. Not these, it's this. <laughs> Sorry. These woods are not normal. What you hear is true. Sorry. <laughs> Let me just start that over. I'll just... Jesus. <laughs> Dear whoever finds this, these woods are not normal. What you hear is true. There is an evil swamp spirit who runs these woods, and he will kill anyone who disturbs his home. Run now, or you will forever suffer the fate as me and the others who have tested him. Why are you still reading this? Run, or you will die. We look at each other, not saying a word, and start running, but neither of us... But neither of us knew where we were, were or where we were heading, sorry. When, bam, ahead of us, 20 yards or so, we see the spirit he had spoke about. He was about six feet tall, had a necklace made from human teeth and long black hair. He had no face and the smell of what was like rotten flesh. <laughs> Mixed with swamp water. <laughs> His clothes was what looked like human skin and hair. He laughed. And as he did, he charged. We then ran the other way, making our way for the river to hopefully find the boat. We found a familiar trail and ran for our lives. Thankfully, the sun set, and it was now daytime. To this day, I think the sun rising and breaking the fog is what saved our lives from the evil spirit of the woods or the maniac of a person that lives out there. We still have not been back to our fishing spot on the banks of the Grand River, but the vision of that night still lives inside of me and Trevor. So let me tell you that the urban legend of the mystic woods of West Michigan is not a legend. It's real. And do not go to the swamp. Eventually, they will come after you. And you might not be as lucky as we were. And Finito. That, that leads in to a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, what do we want to call it, a little taste of what's going to happen to us tonight on said river. 
Yeah. And so said Bayous. This is kind of what we had in mind for yes, this episode is for us to literally just float down the river and tell you a couple creepy stories. And then tell you we're gonna get creepy stories of our own. And then <laughs> it is all kind of foreshadowing what's about to come. Mm. And you will see that in our next paranormal not in our next paranormal video, but the the next two, next two videos from now. Yeah. Correct so, Mundo. It's probably gonna be around like probably October when yeah, this I'm one comes out. October too. So not this episode, obviously. That's coming out now. the night we filmed it. But now. We're going to go and prepare for our crazy paranormal adventure tonight Aug. and do exactly Aug. as that story said and bring every fucking paranormal piece of equipment that we have. And behind the camera, we have the good old boy. We got our boy Chase back from the dead. It has been a minute, boy. Get that back for us good there, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we are going to be investigating... We're just going to say spooky, an abandoned spot tonight, but yep. it's in the woods, and, and it's, it's going to be uh, creepy as fuck. It's going to be a fun, fun intro. That's all I got to say. Yeah, but with that being said, folks, make sure you subscribe and like and click that bell so you all get Go notified follow every time. Ever you watch videos, listen to anything that you've ever listened to podcast-wise, and make sure that you add a comment or, you know, give it a five-star rating because yeah. that helps us tremendously. Helps us hugely, and we couldn't thank all of you enough for constantly supporting us and jumping on the laughs every fucking Wednesday for what goes by. Sorry we weren't live in a direct with you from this goddamn boat but if the internet let us we would do it but we couldn't do it so we're gonna be live with chats. Yeah so we'll be live in the chat so you already know that because we've been chatting with you this whole episode but without further ado folks remember to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes Bump in the night I love you. Peace.